Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning from Coolidge, Arizona. It's the 12th of April, 2020, and we really thank you for joining the broadcast today. This is Resurrection Sunday, and um, as far as our assembly is concerned, they're tuning in on talk show, as you are, um, because the... um, that part of our facility is not open to the public at this time. Hopefully, this will be the last month of this, and we can resume our normal lives. I don't particularly care for change, and this is quite a change. Although we broadcast anyway, uh, it's just uh, something seems off. So we welcome you to today, and this is Resurrection Sunday, and um, uh, every time I hear that phrase, I think of the other one about he is risen, he is risen indeed. And I like that because it, it makes a real emphasis on the situation. But this morning we will be talking about the resurrection, um, looking at it from 
some interesting uh, directions, I think. And I want you to remember also that uh, as far as our broadcasts from this assembly, um, be on the lookout for uh, Brother Traxler's uh, odds and ends. I believe one of them has been done. I don't know. I think it's been posted. But it'll be on this page also. It's called Odds and Ends, and he's got a number of little odds and ends. And last week, or the, was it the week before? Uh, it was last week. He completed his Acts class. And so the Acts class being completed, um, we'll be done with that, but starting next Sunday on this broadcast at 10 uh, a.m., that's Pacific time, we will have our Bible lesson, which will be in Second Peter, until we finish that up. We're going to have our Bible school lesson I'll be doing, and then we'll have our service as we're doing just now um, for everyone to participate. And um, one of the things that some have done is they prepared their communion uh, when we have our time of communion here on the air, they can uh, do that where they're at at that time and remain listening, and everything will come their way. So that is our plan, and <clears throat> that's what we're doing. Hopefully it is useful and will be helpful for the days and weeks ahead, however long this may continue. We... Um, are going to have our time uh, of communion just now and uh, be remembering our Lord as we do each Lord's Day. And then following that, um, we will have our, our lesson this morning concerning the, re the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and resurrection in general. So at this time, I ask Alex to... Uh, give us uh, his um, uh, meditation concerning that, and then we will have our communion. Thank you. We, uh, this week isn't any more holy. This day is no more holy than last week and last yesterday. And While I often take issue with, uh, well, earthly man-made religious holidays, um, I recognize that this one, Although it stems from a man-made religion as well, it offer, does offer uh, it offers a chance for the resurrection to become the focal point uh, of everybody's thinking. They see the signs. They see they they see the signs outside of our building. There's he lives, and so I struggle with that internally. And I don't expect anybody to feel the way that I do about everything, but. Uh, I appreciate that it gets people thinking, and if you can get people thinking, maybe you can get them talking. This morning I was uh, reading through the book of Hebrews and a little bit through Romans, and I always like these introductory verses. They're always very sharp and very particular and very audience relevant. So I'm going to start here in chapter 1, verse 1, Hebrews. In many parts... In many ways, God of old, having spoken to the fathers in the prophets, in these last days, did speak to us 
and a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he did make the ages, and all things as well, might I add, who being the brightness of the glory and the impress of his substance, bearing up also all things by the saying of his might, through himself, having made a cleansing of our sins, sat down at the right hand of the greatest and the highest, having become so much better than the messengers, as he did inherit a more excellent name than they. I read these verses and I I realize that there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And there is no blood without a sacrifice having been sent and having been made. And that was made once and was a lot of years, a lot of time, and a lot of it was a there was a long process that went through, and we've been going through that in Second Peter, where the scoffers and the false teachers and prophets would say, "What's what's changed? What's really changed?" And Peter's response is, "You've seen this over and over, from Sodom and Gomorrah to Noah's time. There's always come a judgment. There's always come a day of reckoning. God is not slow to His promise. Our Lord." Our Lord was promised. He was promised to those people, to the to the Israelites, to the Jewish nation. And Christ entrusted his apostles to carry out his message and to take that and fulfill the promise in full and taking it to all of the all of the nations, all of the tongues, all of the people so that everybody may be blessed. Thank you, Alex. As we share in the communion, we're thinking of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, and what he did for us. And when we think of Jesus, we think about everything. We think about the prophecy of the coming Messiah in the Old Testament all through it, through the Proverbs and uh, the uh, prophets, rather, and to the birth and the ministry and all that we know of him. And, of course, much of this is, culminates at the resurrection, as, as we call it. And actually, the resurrection is a Greek word. We'll look at a little bit later. 
And the text I'm going to read, the first one as far as the, uh, the account of the resurrection is going to be from Luke 24. There's lots of choices. I don't normally read this one. I usually read something, for, the one from John, because um, I like some of the things in there. Um, but I'm going to read from Luke 24 today. But before I read that, I want you to consider something. Have you ever had a difficult week in your life? I think most of us have, but... Well, consider the disciples of Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. You know, they had a very bad week. This documented in Scripture. And it was during the last week of Abid, which is the, the word that we would use for March, the month of March, A.D. 31. Now, that, that's my best rec- recollection of, of the year. I've got very good proof of it. But A.D. 31, in March, that last week, is uh, that's the week that we call, that Christendom calls the Passion Week. Very eventful week. A very disastrous week for many because of the crucifixion. It was within that week. But here's the thing. On the first day of the week, the very next week, was actually the best of times for many people also. And we call that the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, who, of course, is the Son of God and the Savior of mankind. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 through 22, we read this. And this is the Apostle Paul reminding those in Corinth of the resurrection. And it says, But now hath Christ been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of them that are asleep. For since by man came death, And by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. And you know, that's actually the entire thinking concerning this. Uh, Very, very condensed and very powerful words. And that was written some 26 years after the event, that is, the resurrection of Jesus. And some might have considered that a long time ago. But for us, it's very long time ago. But nonetheless, the evidence of it is so clear. Now, brethren and friends, today, when it comes to the resurrection, all there is to know is Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. Resurrection does not exist in all of God's creation apart from his Son, who is the Lamb of God that we find in Revelation. This being true, and the Bible makes it very clear that it is, who is it? we should be identifying with in this life that we're living? 
Who should we identify with if resurrection is found only in Jesus Christ? It's the body of Christ. That's where we need to be. For Jesus Christ is, as the scripture says a number of times, the resurrection and the life. Think about the idea of resurrection, not in the sense of the verb, an action, but think of it as a noun. And it's usually found in a noun form. We have a page here on our our, our classroom area. We've got a, a long page on a study of the word resurrection. And within that, you'll find that most of the instance of the uh, word used is in the noun form. And that's part of the beginning of learning about the resurrection. Apart from Jesus Christ, resurrection doesn't exist. So it is, because there is no other name by which we shall be saved. Now let's look at the account of the resurrection. Uh, well, one of them. There's an account in each gospel. But I want to look at Luke 24. And we, we, we believe that the gospel of Luke was written about A.D. 61, much later than Matthew and Mark. But it was done in a little different way in a uh, supposedly, a, uh, according to what it says of itself, very chronolo chronology is, is set from start to finish. Uh, the order is correct. And I, I think that it probably uh, accomplished that task. Now, all of the, the uh, gospel accounts that we find, either in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, uh, have subtle differences. But listen to this one. Uh, we're going to read the first 12 verses in this account. It says, And on the first of the Sabbath at early dawn, they came to the tomb bearing the spices they had made ready and certain others with them. And they found the stone having been rolled away from the tomb. And having gone in, they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, while they were uh, perplexed about this, that, lo, two men stood by them in glittering apparel, and on their having, and on their having become afraid and having inclined the face to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living? with the dead. He is not here, but was raised. Remember how he spake to you, being yet being in Galilee, saying, It behooveth the Son of Man to be delivered up to the hands of sinful men, and to be crucified, and the third day to rise again. And they remembered his sayings, and having turned back from the tomb, told all these things to the eleven, that is the apostles, and to the rest. And it was Mary, or Magdala Mary, and Jonah, and Mary of, of James, and the other women with them, who told unto the apostles 
these things. And their sayings appeared before them as idle talk, and they were not believing them. And Peter, having risen, did run to the tomb, and having stooped down, he seeth the linen clothes lying alone. And he went his way to his own home, wondering at what, at, at that which was come to pass. There's so much there. Um, and I love to read, when I read these accounts, I like to read all of them. Just start with Matthew and go all the way through. Read them all. Um, and uh, because they, they fulfill each other in, in, the, in what it says. Um, you know, they have subtle differences, but it's due mostly from the perspective of, of the witnesses. You see, Luke was writing by inspiration, but he also was talking to all the people that were there and, um, and the, the people when he was in Palestine uh, and learning of these things to compile this. But, you know, all of them are clear on a number of things, such as the time, you see, uh, the first day of the week early, um, of course, you realize, you can't forget that days begin in, in the Jewish world at 6 p.m., sundown, if you will, approximately. That's when a, a new day begins. So when the, when the women showed up at the tomb, it was early in the morning, just at sunup, and that was fairly early uh, that time of year, kind of like it is right, right here, right now. In, in this part of the world. So that was the first day of the week. We call it Sunday. Jesus had been in the tomb three days and three nights. Now, if you got a mathematical head on you, you're going to realize that if the crucifixion was on Good Friday, you got a lot of trouble getting three days and three nights into that time frame. And there's good reason for that. The Bible doesn't teach that. It's not there. There's no Good Friday, no crucifixion on Friday. Crucifixion was on Wednesday. Why? Because it has to be. And that was a week, a special week. There was it was called a high Sabbath, which was the Passover. The following Saturday was the, the normal Sabbath on uh, the last day of the week. There was two Sabbaths in that in that week's period that I was talking about. A bad week. Well, I had a lot of activity. Um, and we're going to have a real nice uh, composition of that uh, using dates and times, day of the day of the week, and all this about this. We're putting that together, so we have that, and it's very helpful. And we can, uh, you know, there is such a thing called new math that some people say is difficult. But it, you would have to use something very difficult to make three days and three nights from Friday evening till Sunday morning. Nonetheless, we won't criticize that. Um, what they found 
because they all said the time was exactly the same time, early in the morning, first day of the week. The place was the same. The stone was rolled away from the, the entrance to the tomb. And the tomb was empty by that time. And the interesting thing is, it was all of these witnesses, we, we find it's all followed by the testimony of many people, more than 500 as recorded in 1 Corinthians 15, as to the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, the Lord. Why? Because they saw him with their own eyes. The apostles, all, each one, saw the risen Lord and spoke and heard him speak, and so did many other people for that period of time that he was here before the ascension. Just put yourself in their place. What wonder to see the empty tomb because they were ready for what they thought they would see. That's right. They prepared these things. They were aware of it. The fact that that stone was rolled away was the first gigantic surprise. It had the seal on it and was being guarded by the temple guard. And there's, in the accounts we read in the Gospels, we find out what happened before that. But what joy and marvel it would have been to see the risen Savior after this experience with the empty tomb. And we always wonder what Peter saw when he looked in and saw those clothes, they call them the burial clothes, the wrappings, how they must have looked because he was shocked and in and, and wonderment. Now, that was their experience. But, you know, we have our own experience of the resurrection. Our experience comes through the scriptures, the gospel accounts, the teaching of the apostles, And through faith, we have a very well-rounded idea of these things and, and, and what occurred and why it occurred. We know why better than those that first witnessed the event, uh, and they were wondering and wondering. Well, all of this was going to come to them <clears throat> very shortly. Now, the next thing I want to look at is this. Jesus Christ is the resurrection. You see, that, that sounds, that, that's not just talking about his resurrection. It's talking about the whole idea and the understanding of resurrection. You know, the Greek word for resurrection is anastasis. I believe that's how you'd pronounce it. And of course, normally, especially when it's referring to the event of Jesus, it's its a noun. It's an event. Uh, but it is a noun, and think about that. It's also in the singular always when it's speaking of Jesus. Now, in um, the Gospel of John, we find an account that we need to, we need to read. John chapter 11, 
verses 20 through 27. And this is the words of Jesus to Martha. And remember Martha, and she had a sister Mary, but also she had a brother Lazarus who had died four days before Jesus arrived and was speaking with her. Lazarus was in the tomb at that time. So starting with verse 20, this is the dialogue between Jesus and Martha. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus doth come, met him, and Mary kept sitting in the house. Martha, therefore, said unto Jesus, Sir, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But even now, I have known that whatever thou mayest ask of God, God will give to thee. And Jesus said to her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I have known that he will rise again in the rising again in the last day. By the way, the Jews were very aware of this issue. That word rising again is the same Greek word as resurrection. But sometimes it can be used as a noun or as a verb. Jesus said to her, I am the rising again. I am the resurrection and the life. He who is believing in me, even if he may die, shall live. See, that would have been Lazarus, wouldn't it? Verse 26. And everyone who is living and believing in me shall not die to the age, that is, unto the age. Believest thou this? She saith to him, Yes, sir, I have believed that thou art the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Well, that's a powerful teaching concerning the resurrection. And it's not improper to use the, the English words rising again because it, it's the same Greek word. But it's, it's, a, it's a describing uh, more literal because that's from Young's literal translation. Describing more literal what resurrection is. It's, um, it's literally to stand up. To rise again. Now here's the here's the thing. Now we can compare Lazarus to Jesus, can't we? And we should. When Jesus cried out, "Lazarus, come forth!" Life was restored to the physical body of Lazarus. So as he came out of the tomb, as the scripture. Um, so reads, the multitude of the people standing about would believe that Jesus of Nazareth was sent from God above. That's what Jesus said of the entire event. So that they may believe that you have sent me. Lazarus, who they all knew well, that they known that they had known had died and went to the tomb, was now walking out 
And Jesus' instruction was to unbind him. But because of this event, many believed upon Jesus. But some that were there went back to Jerusalem and told the council of these things. And the council in Jerusalem, that is the pharisaical council, sought the more to kill Jesus, trying to devise a scheme or a plan to kill Jesus. That's found in John 11:53. And if we read a little later in John chapter 12, the very next chapter, they were also planning to kill Lazarus too. Why? Witness. He's a witness. He's the evidence. And really, Lazarus being alive was an extreme threat to to their their concerns. <laughs> they had great concerns for their future. They were thinking in a very worldly, political way, of course, not understanding the situation. But but remember. And in comparison, comparis, uh, comparing Lazarus rising up to the resurrection of Jesus, there is a difference. Remember that Jesus is, as the scripture says, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And that is those that have died a physical death. The first to be raised out of the dead ones. That's how the Greek reads it. Ek, out of the dead ones. Here's the, here's the difference. To die no more. That's Jesus of Nazareth. To die no more. All that has ever been brought back from the dead, and there's been a number of them that we read about in the Bible, all of them died again physically and passed into the the other world. But not so with Jesus of Nazareth, nor, nor with anything that is within the body of Christ. That's the, that's the beauty of being in Christ, being in the resurrection, because he is the resurrection. Once we have died to sin... As a person, we are alive in Christ. This is, the, this is the promise of God to mankind. And he is the resurrection and the life. The resurrection, that means we live in the resurrection as Christians. We live in the state of resurrection. And we live in the life, and that is the life that has no end. That's not the the day-to-day breathing air life of this world. That is the life, the life without end that we live in the kingdom of God. Now, finally today, resurrection is the hope of those in Christ. And through faith, it becomes the reality according to the promise. And the promise God has made to mankind You know, this promise of the Messiah was made to Adam and Eve very early in Genesis, I think chapter 2. As far as 
what would become of the adversary, that Satan's head would be crushed by the one sent by God. This is all in answer to those things because Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. And believe me, one of the works of Satan is the not only the fear of death, but death itself. Now let's look at, I want to look at Romans chapter 6. Romans was written about A.D. 58. Uh, the Apostle Paul, of course, writing to the, the assembly in Rome. Just the first 12 chapters of this, or 12 verses of this. Uh, there's nowhere to, almost nowhere to stop or start in this, but he's speaking to them. He's been speaking about sin and the remedy for sin, and that Christ, of course, is the Savior. But he says this, What then shall we say? Shall we continue in the, the sin that grace may abound? Let it not be. We who died to sin, how shall we still live in it? Are you ignorant that we, as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus, to his death were baptized? We were buried together then with him through the baptism to the death that even as Christ was raised up out of the dead through the glory of the Father, so also we in newness of life might walk. For if we have become planted together to the likeness of his death, so also we shall be of the rising again. That's the resurrection. Verse 6, This knowing that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin may be made useless for our no longer serving the sin, for he who hath died hath been set free from sin. And if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised up out of the dead, doth no more die. Death over him hath no more lordship. For in that he died, to sin he died once, and in that he liveth, he liveth to God. So also you, Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to the sin and living to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not then sin reign in your mortal bodies to obey it in its desires. I'll stop there. That's the Apostle Paul, of course, to the assembly. Uh, this isn't something he's never said to them. This is in remembrance of the very fact that is so in incredible to know. That those that are in Christ, through their, their actions of conforming to the pattern of salvation, and that pattern was preached by the apostles of Christ and the evangelists, and even to this day, if the evangelist is preaching the message of the apostles and you're hearing the pattern of salvation. 
And what is that? What does, it, what does this bring us? First, it brings us death unto sin. We put our sin away as we obey the gospel. Sin is done away. We are a new creation in Christ, the newness of our, our minds. But we are also alive unto God in Jesus Christ. And that is through his resurrection, according to the Apostle Peter. All of this is because of the resurrection. The confirmation of the Messiah that the apostles preached of. Remember Acts um, chapter 17, when Paul is preaching to the Athenians, to the scholars and the Stoics. He was preaching that the judge of the world was to be the one that God had raised from dead, from the dead. In closing today, when we hear the word resurrection, I think we have a tendency to think of ourselves first. We may associate it very closely with the resurrection of Christ, but we think of ourselves being resurrected, you know, and some some people say someday. Well, this I feel is not really the way that we should be thinking concerning the resurrection. I don't believe Martha was thinking that way after what occurred or what the things were said to her by Jesus. She had an idea that the resurrection was, was, was part of what God had sent along with his son. But rather, I think we need to think of him who is the resurrection and the life. And don't ever drop those, those uh, definite uh, articles from before those words when you're thinking about it like this. The resurrection... That is the one that caused the first fruits, one to be raised from the dead to never die again. That happened for the first time with Jesus. And the, and the life, that's the, that's the outcome of that resurrection, is to have also that life that is found only in Jesus, only in the kingdom of God, and make certain that you are in him. That is, in the resurrection. You see, if you're outside of Christ, you're outside of the resurrection. You're outside of the hope of resurrection. However you think of resurrection as a verb or a noun, if you're not in Christ, you have, you have a difficulty with the idea of resurrection. Now consider consider these things, please, um, concerning the resurrection and all that the Bible teaches about it. Because indeed, as many have said, it's pivotal, pivotal in the world of Christianity. Um, we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today, you know, as the hymn goes. Those are all good thoughts. But I want 
myself and I want others to really understand resurrection in a way that God wants us to know of it. And he gives us all we need in his word. But I must admit that I lived a long time as a Christian without ever really understanding John chapter 11 and Jesus speaking to Martha. You know, I kind of read through it. I got the highlights. You know, he, Lazarus died before Jesus got there, and then when he did, he raised him from the dead. I got all that, but I missed everything else. I don't want anybody to miss these things. That's how we have to look at Scripture. We, we have to examine it. We have to study it. We have to look at the words. We have to look at the grammar and all that comes with it. God wouldn't have it there if he didn't want us to look at it in that way. You can't exhaust it. No, we won't exhaust it with our finite minds and in the time we have, which is seems always too short, doesn't it? Certainly. So I hope these words have been uh, useful to you today concerning resurrection and the great hope we have in it. And let us have a closing prayer before we dismiss. Our Father, we thank you for the beauty of true hope. And we know, Father, that we are called to be faithful in all things, that we are to live a life that we do nothing apart from faith, And that we know, Father, by your holy word and by the teachings within them that we have true hope and true resurrection through your Son, Jesus Christ. And all that you have given man through the kingdom of God. May we come to this, Father, and be useful in sharing this great message wherever we may go. And we pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.